Now see this, this spark in you, it's, it's amazing. Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Our family doesn't run from things. You're the best of all of us, Miles. You're on your way. When do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 124 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolachahi, and my co-pilots for this week's adventure to podcasting, the young, the reckless, the bearded one, Carlos Buarguayo, the man who's not feeling too well today. He's a little sick, but he's a little down and out, but he is our comic book guru, Mr. Les's Under the Weather, Gonzalez, the man we call El Hombre. The man with the golden locks, Mr. Eric. Just got the dopest Millennium Falcon ever, Strothers. Ooh, we're going to talk about that. That was pretty, pretty, pretty epic what you got there. We are very excited tonight because we've been trying to get this individual for a long time to come on and come to the Sith Lair and the stars were not lined up, but tonight... The Millennium Falcon is parked outside the Sith Lair right now. <laughs> you might have seen him perform his live comedy at Second City Theater in Hollywood. You might have seen him co-hosting his great YouTube channel and podcast called The Black Series Rebels. A man that loves Star Wars just a little tiny bit more than Empire Records. A man who wears flannel better than Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell did in the 90s. And that says a lot if I'm saying it. Please welcome Mr. Steven Ellis to the Sith list. Spoon man, got to get to with you and take me. What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me on. And I have to tell you, that is probably the greatest intro I have ever had to introduce myself in my entire life. Wow, that's you know that means a lot to me. You yeah, definitely well, studied. I could tell. I was like, whoa! He hit the flannel. He hit the spoon. He hit the pearl jam. I was, I was for it. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for coming, man. We really appreciate it. This is going to be a fun uh, episode. Yeah, let's do this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. How are you guys doing? I am great. I'm ready for to be on the backside of Christmas Eve, man. And then I'll be doing super great. But I, I just heard you're ready to be on the backside. And I was a little... I don't know what <laughs> There's that. 
<laughs> there <that>? is that. <laughs> so real quick, before we get into uh, Les's health, which is declining, and Boo, uh, talk to us about that Millennium Falcon, man. <laughs> okay, so check this out. I am the music director at my church, and I put together 10 years ago this tribute to Trans-Siberian Orchestra, where we basically do their entire original show, which is called Christmas Eve and other stories. And this was our 10th year doing it, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so to celebrate the 10th year, we do four shows at the end of our last show. They had the cast all out there, and uh, this guy's introducing us all. And anyway, he said, you know, with if Eric, you you brought this idea to the table, and without you, none of this would have happened. We wanted to do something special for you, and they got a hold of the my buddy who owns the coolest toy store in the world called Saga Toys, located in South St. Louis County, next to Hooters and the Home Depot. <laughs> they got a hold of him and said, what could we do to hook Eric up? Anyway, long story short. They send the cutest girl in the cast walking out with a mint and sealed box legacy collection Millennium Falcon. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I lost it. There's video from it that I actually tweeted out today, and it's completely legit. I had no idea. I was so surprised. And it, I mean, I'm opening it. I almost feel bad that it's in the box because it is not going to be in the box. Oh, yeah. Take long. it out of that damn box. And it was a cool moment, man, to know, you know that I've had that much of an effect on, on everybody. But Yeah, I saw it. It was, it was very touching. It was really nice. Yeah. I was really close to crying at one point. Yeah, I saw that too. Bring it to Celebration. We'll play with it. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong there. Right, right. Boo, how you doing? I'm good. I'm a little tired. I, I, I agree with uh with Strothers that uh I'm ready to be on the uh on the backside You're on the back of Christmas. Side? Everybody wants to be on the backside tonight. Yeah, backside of Christmas, absolutely. I'm I'm done with the holidays. Okay. Mr. Gonzalez, you're not feeling too well. I'll get through it. I'll make it I'll make it work. You're a trooper, buddy. I'm trying. Now, before we get into the wonderful world of Mr. Stephen Ellis and all his great fandom and he's gonna talk to us about Black Series Rebels and how that started, and all that great stuff. Let me give the shenanigans out real quick. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, with podcasts like Now This is Podcasting, Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and that man named Jason Ward. Check them out for all the poops and scoops on Mandalorian. Mr. Ward's got them. We have a website, thesithless.net, but before we do anything else, I want to talk about Mr. Ellis's fandom and about Black Series Rebels and how this all started and stuff that, and we obviously know you love Star Wars and we all do too, but what's some of the other stuff you're into and then kind of like go into like how this Black Series Rebels started. Oh man, I'm, uh, I'm really big. I'm, I'm really big into pop culture. I'm really big into movies. I'm really big into popcorn movies and, and popcorn entertainment. I'm a huge fan of 80s skateboarding, which means I love Gleaming the Cube. Big fan of that. I love Star Wars, obviously. Yeah, man, I, I'm i just an 80s kid. I love toys. I love action figures. I love punk rock music. And I love movies, really. I just love movies. I've been infatuated with them since a kid. And a lot of that has to do with Star Wars, obviously. I just, my office looks like a freaking eight-year-olds. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, g- going back to 80s skateboarding, 
I was really big into 80 skateboarding too. Steve Caballero, Lance Mountain, Tony Hawk. What was your board of choice? Oh, buddy. So I'm from San Jose, California, and oh. my hometown hero is Steve Caballero. I oh. grew up watching him and the whole gang. And where I'm from in Southside San Jose is actually a very predominant, uh, especially in the 80s and early 90s in skate videos. My high school was nothing but concrete, and it was in like all the magazines, all the videos. Tim Brosh, another pro skater of the oh, '90s, yeah. who's no longer with us. Right. Um, just, just a, a. It was a hub of skateboarding. Um, pros would just come into San Jose, and and every weekend at the the elementary school down the street from my house or whatnot, it was like always just watching pros. But my board of choice, man, Caballero. I uh, love the Batten Dragons. Oh yeah. Um, I have a reissue from 2004 on my wall signed by Cab oh. that's just a white dra- white with the yellow dragon and the red. Yeah, uh, yeah. actually that's classic. Um, we we just wrapped up last month doing Designer Con in Anaheim and we started to put the Black Series Rebels artwork on some skateboards that we decorated on our set and oh. a lot of people have been messaging us about wanting them and we originally just had a few boards made for like giveaways during our live shows and right. we decided to put our uh, our scum Boba Fett artwork on the deck and we were selling it at designer con and I'm a super shameless businessman sometimes. And <laughs> I, uh, whenever anybody, whenever one of the boys, Cisco or Alex or anybody were to leave the booth, I was always like, yo, take a deck and just walk around carrying it around the floor. Anyways, it was my turn one night to go and uh, let's see this like kind of short dude with oh. like newspaper boy hat on with like yeah. a weird sort of walk leaning to his right. And I was like, cab, and I totally, I don't, living in Los Angeles and working in the entertainment industry, I don't get starstruck. And I've only gotten starstruck twice in my life. And that's when Carrie Fisher sat next to me at a screening for a documentary my wife produced. Oh. And uh, Caballero. And I I totally fangirled out on him. I drooled all over myself. And eventually <laughs> I ended up giving him the deck. And I was just like, dude, I've got a deck, your deck on my wall that you signed. And like, oh my God. And I'm from San Jose and you're from San Jose. And, uh, uh, and he was super nice. We took a photo and I was just like, please take my skateboard. Like, and we gave him our deck with our artwork on it. And that was like a moment. That was just like, I was just a bumbling mess. The rest of the night, it was like a dream come true to like give that man. And he's a huge Boba Fett star Wars fan. And so is he really full circle, man? Oh. Yeah, dude, you should follow Cap on Instagram. He's always like drawing like crazy Boba Fett artwork and selling it. Oh my gosh, I will. I definitely will. Yeah, I, I, I used to love him. I used to go and watch competitions at Anaheim Convention Center, and Cab was there, Hosoya was there, uh, Tony Hawk was there, Lance Mountain. They would all compete like once a year in this big, I don't know if it was a tournament. I don't even remember exactly what it was because I was in like fourth grade or fifth grade. But man, I used to have a Gonzo. Do you remember the, the, Gon- the Gonzalez oh, sports? Oh, Gonzo? Yeah. Yeah, that was oh, my Oh, yeah, plan. bro. I got to get one of those reissues in here too and put it up. That'd be Dude, amazing. It's between between that and just the the toy game right now. It's killing me. The reissues of all the boards because all that artwork is just amazing. And I and I love how so much of pop culture today is bringing back the in totally inspired by a lot of that old artwork. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's great. So what other you into Marvel, DC, any of that stuff? Comic books? What else are you? You into? know. I never really I wasn't a kid that really grew up reading comic books truth be told I never I would always get them and be really into looking at the artwork and I would like flip through the pages and try to figure out how to read it yeah and I I never could figure out am I reading like up down left right like what am I doing here (laughs) Um, but I really got into I remember as a kid I'm still proud of this and I and I'm gonna screw up the name of it but you know when the the X-Men cartoon came out 
that just was like amazing but it would be like they'd play six episodes and then it felt like the next six months was a repeat of all the same six episodes until new ones came out <laughs> but it was combined with that and then the genesis x-men game oh um, wow remember that and that yep. level with like the chirping birds oh yeah so it was sort of like this x-men kind of explosion time and there were these trading cards and i can't remember what what collection they were but i had the whole collection and each page when you made like a you know your your you slid them into your page inserts Mm -hmm. it made like a full like cover or it was like it made a big scene yeah each page was a different thing and so that's about the extent of my comic book like i just i never really like we used to grow up being like oh my god it'd be great if they made like an x-men movie or if they made a you know whatever like a wolverine movie and the fact that now you know we're in this day and age where that's that's all they're making and it's like just nerd culture and it's everybody like you know because i grew up i grew up like i grew up in the 80s like you were saying like you did as well and Mm -hmm. it's amazing that like these schoolyard conversations that we had (laughs) are like full-blown um like just happening and so um in terms of am i a marvel guy am i a dc guy look man 89 batman is just like pinnacle for me had all, all right. that had ever, woke up that christmas after that movie came out and had every single toy the batman mania i grew up every morning at 5 a.m watching reruns of the six batman 66 um if i had to say there was a superhero that's my superhero it's it's batman cool um and look look i even like batman forever but right now there's no denying that marvel's sort of killing it in terms of the comic book movies um, I'm not, I, I don't ride or die for Marvel movies though. Some of them, it's like, I walk out of the theater and I'm like, Oh my God, that was amazing. But then when I get home and I go to rewatch it, I'm not, it's not for me. The rewatchability factor on a lot of the Marvel movies is really hard for me, but you know, Alex likes to goof on me and call me an old man. And <laughs> you know, pretty much I have no taste in that realm. It seems like everything that you're into is pretty much everything that we're pretty much into as well. So this is perfect. It's nice. going to be, it's going to be a great episode. It's going to be fun. You ready to get into it? Yeah, man. Let's get into it. All right. Let's let's get into it. So let's do the PSD box office report brought to you by PSD Underwear, by the way. Thank you, PSD, for making cool underwear. And thank you for sponsoring our box office report. We really appreciate it. Well, it looks like for the 13th time this year, the top film at the weekend box office was adapted from a Marvel Comics property as Sony's animated release of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse took the weekend box office crown with the largest opening for an animated film in December in history. It killed it. This comes out of boxofficemojo.com. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse made $35 million, $35.3 million. The Mule, this was Clint Eastwood's movie, seventeen point five, And The Grinch still hanging strong in the holiday season, eleven point seven. So we are going to get into, into the Spider-Verse very, very soon. Once we get into our comic book slash TV movie stuff. And I know majority of us have seen it. Steve, I know you've seen it, correct? Yeah, man. I, I definitely saw it. Uh, Les and I saw it. Boo? I have not seen How it. How dare you, boo? Mm. We're going to spoil the shit out of it for you. Is that okay? It's, it's Spider-Man. So uh, that's it's right. Okay. Boo's not a big Spider-Man guy. <laughs> he's, not, he's not a Spider-Man fan. Eric, is it okay if we spoil Are you sure you want to know how it happens? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I, I wish I had been able to see it. But you know what? Steve's right. It's, it's not like we're really going to spoil things. Yeah. Like, this is shit you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we'll do that later. But I did want to say that James, James Wan's Aquaman is approaching, if not already, has hit $300 million before it even opens up in North America. Of course. It's just insane. 
I wanted to read real quick. We got the whim sent us a message, an email about Aquaman because he's already seen it. Yeah. So I wanted to read this just real quick. It's pretty short. So this is an email from the whim. So yes, I did see Aquaman already. And of course I liked it. Visually speaking, it's fantastic, but it wouldn't be a DCU movie if it didn't have some issues. What makes it difficult is that it's laid out to be a Zack Snyder type of film and often tries to be that at the same time, trying not to be a Zack Snyder film. And there were certain twinge of hokiness at times, like some guy in a suit walking in and saying, our demographic show, you need to add some humor or some type of feel good in here because that's what Marvel would do. Momoa's is perfect. and Amber Heard is even better. I would add some more, but I don't want to spoil anything or ruin it for you guys. Anticipate what you're thinking. The Wim. So thank you, Wim. Thanks, yeah, thanks for letting lot, us Jim. know. We appreciate mm-hmm. that. It comes out this weekend, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. On Friday, okay. yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely see it this weekend. Um, we're heading to Vegas, boo. Yes, we we'll are. definitely see it in Vegas. Yep. But other than that, I'm pretty excited to see how Aquaman goes down. There's been some great reviews. It's getting a lot of positive chitter-chatter. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I Because uh, everyone says Marvel films, they're fun. They're fun. And it, it feels very obvious to me, especially with Aquaman and, and in parts of, of Wonder Woman, like where it feels like some dude with pleated khakis came into a room and was like, you need more humor. You need to do what Marvel does. And I really wish that they would just fully support whatever director and creative that they decide to go with and and do so, do the opposite of what Marvel's doing. And really sort of take a risk and and take big swings. And it feels to me like they've gotten beat down so hard that they're really trying to play it safe. Right. I just hope it's people come out of there feeling good like they did with Wonder Woman. Because DC does need – they they need a win. They need as many wins as they can possibly get. Look, look, they've got better characters. It's better superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. For superheroes, they are. Oh, yeah. 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 Marvel's got the ones that are very – Human, you know what I mean? They're, yeah, like, relatable. You feel for them. Actual heroes. Yeah, actual DC's heroes. always DC, had the yeah, upper DC's hand. got it. Struthers, are you, and Steven, are you ready for some Star Wars chit chat? Absolutely, man. We got the right sure, guy man. on. Let's do this. All right, lots of Mandalorian stuff here, and I think probably the one that uh, came out of nowhere for me, anyway, is that Ludwig, which is the coolest name ever, Gorenson is going to score the Mandalorian and he did the Black Panther score and he yes. looks like a rock star which makes uh-huh. it even cooler and he has an umla over the O in his last name which is <laughs> just as metal as it gets so you know plainly I mean we've already figured this out just based on the casting that they're going balls out with this show right so this is really cool news I don't know what do you guys think about it did it did it surprise you at all? Or you're like, eh, whatever, it's music. <laughs> I'm pumped. Look, I loved what this dude did with uh, Creed and how he took the original Rocky theme and at the end of that movie and and made it a banger. I, dude, I'm all for new blood in the Star Wars creative world. I'm like, as I know a lot of people, and forgive me, I don't know his name, but I know a lot of people are ride or die for the dude that does music for the Clone Wars, and it's like, guys, it's time to let people play in the, in the sandbox. It's right. time to let people go in there. And play with the toys and just, again, back to taking big swings. And so I'm all for it. I like his Black Panther score. I like what he did there. Yeah, this is a win for me. Yeah, me too. I, the Black Panther score was amazing. Steve is 100% right. Let people play in the sandbox. We had a holiday MSW holiday mixer party here at the house. 
with a bunch of the podcast hosts and stuff from MSW and, and other people. And we sat down and we watched at the end of the night, Rogue One on a big screen. We have a movie room in here. I can't tell you how enthralled people were still with mm-hmm. the film and how great it was. Well, I, I'll get your opinion in a second. Steve, Steve was like, that was a piece of shit. I didn't like that. I was just like, this is amazing. And, and for Gareth Edwards to make us that, I know there was reshoots and all that stuff and it wasn't really his final product, but it was his baby. So let people, just let them have fun with it. And there's so many Star Wars fans out there and you know, kids from the 80s, kids from the 90s, growing up now, they're invested in making good Star Wars. So just let them play, please. And stop complaining, people. Fuck a duck. Oh, man, I got attacked this week. Because Did you really? I, yeah, I, 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 well, we'll get to Spider-Verse in a little bit. But like, I, I walked out of Spider-Verse going, God damn it. Forgive me, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here. But can, it was yeah, just like... Absolutely, because we promote it. It, it, was, it was just like... Like, trust me, I'm, I love Hasden. I love Ron. I love Howard. Like, but man, walking out of Spider-Verse, it was just like, I, I kept coming back to this argument Alex and I had a long time ago that we kept throwing out there where it was like, you know, Lord and Miller are, are two dudes that like, they, they are, they are the kings of taking crap that nobody asked for and making them phenomenal. Cloudy with a chance to meatballs. Everyone was like, who, what? No, fantastic hit. Yep. Lego movie, nobody wanted. Fantastic hit. Franchise now. 21 Jump Street, nobody wanted. Fantastic. A hit. I don't know about 22, but 21 was there. It was just like, mm-hmm. and I get it. Most of that stuff in Spider-Verse, bam, once again. And I know it's animated, but it really made me walk out of that theater going, gosh, you know, I really wish Disney had pushed Solo to December, and I get it, Mary Poppins, I, I understand, but push it to December, let these dudes do their thing, leave them alone, and let them play, and because nobody asked for a solo movie. No. Nobody asked. Granted, I was on board from day one, um, and I loved what we got. Mm-hmm. It's not without its flaws, but I love. I really love that movie, um, and I just really would have wished that they had let these creative types. So, you know, back to Rogue One, I loved Rogue One. You know, and I think that, you know, whatever issues they had there, they figured it out. They smoothed it out. I think it's a beautiful movie. I, I think it's awesome. And so, listen, and I got attacked for tweeting that on, on, on Twitter about the solo thing. And, and it's like, I'm not, de- some, you know, some people were like, well, Kasdan's the king of solo. And it's like, I'm not debating that. I'm not <laughs> saying he's not. You know, Kasdan's responsible for Indiana Jones. He's responsible for Solo and and his and the way he him and it's look. People are probably going to think I'm crazy for this, but we wouldn't be as in love with Captain Solo or with Indiana Jones if it wasn't for the combination, in my opinion, more so of Kasdan and and Ford over Lucas. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. Yeah, because I really think Empire Strikes Back and then Raiders just took Harrison and those characters to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm guy, if you guys have people on Twitter that want to come after me, I get it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings and I'm not taking anything away from Georgie. I love uncle George. I think it's time to let people get in there and play and also play with the old characters too, not just coming up with the new stories and stuff, but really play with new characters. And I think with Favaro, with some of the news that we'll probably get into here in a minute, mm-hmm. like, I think Vafra was one of the only guys that went in there and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. But I want to I want to play with like toys that have been in the toy box and nobody's really been able or allowed to pick up. 
I want to I want to pick them up. And you know what? I think the difference between Lord and Miller and Favreau was Disney's like, well, you know what? Favreau's made a billion dollar movie. Mm-hmm. Sure. A couple of them. So, you know, he has the right to do whatever the hell he wants. I think it was a mistake exactly what point you were making because after I got out into the Spider-Verse, I went, oh my gosh, definitely want to see what they had for Solo. I mean, I loved yeah. Solo just like you. I absolutely loved it and I still love it to this day. Every time I watch it, I get more excited. But what they did with Into the Spider-Verse, what we'll get into in a second, was kind of revolutionary in a way, especially the animation. We'll talk about that in a second. But the story was great. It was funny. It was fantastic. It had the right amount of heart and sarcasm yes. and smarts about it that Star Wars needs more of. And they put the St. almost Fire thing. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. You got the balls to put St. Elmo's Fires theme? That was... like, oh! That's fantastic. All right, cool. Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry, man. We just got in a little soapbox here. It's cool. No, man, that's fine. That's what we're here to do, right? Now, I don't know if this is... If I think this is neat or not. I'm not really sure, but if you check out makingstarwars.net, you'll see all this stuff that I'm talking about. And this is Nick Nolte's role in The Mandalorian, possibly explained. Uh, So he will be an Ugnaught, but by he, I mean his voice will be coming out of a mask, an Ugnaught mask that is on somebody else's head. Wow. So, yeah, I... I, I kind of wonder if they just took a whole bunch of his ramblings and recorded him and said, oh, dude, we were so going to make this an Ugnaught. <laughs> <laughs> or if he had actual Ugnaught lines. He looks like an I Ugnaught, guess. Eric. He does a little. When he's disheveled, he's very Ugnaught-ish. I, think, I almost think him and Werner Herzog look like they could be little Ugnaughts. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Yeah, Herzog, he definitely could. So, yeah, I just I thought this was weird because I was imagining Nolte doing something else. And according to Jason, the, everything's done. He's he's finished it all. He recorded his lines in a linen closet for you know, using it as sound dampening. And there you go. I don't know. What <laughs> what do you think about that? I, Were you expecting more? Oh, I, yeah. I, I kind of was. I was. Uh, it's kind of disappointing because Nick Nolte is a hell of an actor. And for us not to see him be physical like he's when he gets pissed off man he's a physical looking actor and yeah. does not to see and do Ugna speak whatever that is abrush or whatever it is do they speak basic it's where we can understand basic. them and you know i wondered that same thing but i am pretty sure that in i think in resistance there's an Ugnot that spoke basic oh is yeah, that right was. does anybody know yeah i think you're right i think you're right and i think there was even maybe one in rebels yeah maybe so because I remember uh, Hondo had melts, but he he didn't speak. But I do think there was one that did. So, because if they don't, I mean, what a throwaway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's like the whole thing about John Wayne was the voice of the, in A New Hope, of the black cucumber nose guy. But all it was was some of his dialogue sped up a thousand miles an hour and manipulated. It's like, that's not, that's not a role. That wasn't even recorded for that instance. But anyway, yeah, I, I really thought we were going to see Nolte do something. Because I thought in a, in a setting like this where it's quote-unquote Old West-ish, I could see him really fitting in. But oh, yeah. Here's another one that <laughs> I, I am weirdly excited about. IG-88 is rumored to be in The Mandalorian. I saw that And today. if you guys don't know who he is, <laughs> he is that weird 
praying mantis pencil looking droid that's on the Star Destroyer when Vader's talking to all the other bounty hunters about finding the Millennium Falcon. His head just swivels back and forth. But there's there's all this weird lore built around him. And so he's going to be in this and he's supposed to be a badass bounty hunter. So maybe we'll finally get to see him in action. The only action that I can recall seeing him do was in, well, it was in Forces of Destiny. Yeah. He was actually walking around. Oh, was he? Yes. Yeah. He looked like a klutz. I always, I always found him weird. To just, I always thought, how the fuck would he ever catch anybody? Just a clumsy... He doesn't like, catch anybody. Yeah, well, he's he supposed was, to be a badass He was basically firing blindly from the hip. Yeah. And just blasting away, just, just sending random shots everywhere. I know. Yeah. He, he, he kind of reminds me of uh, K2. Kind of uh, just, but K2 had like a bigger chest and a torso. Right. But I think still the same K2 arms and, too. yeah, but arms and leg oh, yeah, movement. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. That's the way I think he's going to move. Yeah. Cause you see uh, IG88, you're like, wait a minute. That's just a couple of sticks and some, and, and like a tube on top. And you don't see him move. I, I think he'll be like that. I hope. <laughs> Yeah, that's or he doesn't move either one. Yeah, I think. Uh, listen, uh, it's no secret. I worked for John Favreau on Jungle Book. I'm a big Johnny Favs fan, and uh, look, man, in Johnny Favs, I trust. Um, right, that dude is a dude that again is able to make some stuff that, in my opinion, shouldn't work. I think, in general, if you look at his career, he's got. I guess you could call uh, Cowboys and Aliens the asterisk of the the not so favorable part on his resume. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I go, IG88, like, if anyone can do it, Favreau can do it. Uh, Nick Nolte is an Ugna. Look, if, if anybody can do it, Johnny Favs can do it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't, I pay my hard earned money to go see whatever that dude does. So, um, that's another dude that, in my opinion, has, uh, heart, humor, and just enough, uh, sarcasm that's perfect for the Star Wars world. You know, man, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how IG-88 is going to walk or move or if he's going to be on roller skates like Joan Rivers, 3PO character in Spaceballs. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 and I just know that, like, I will be there. And yeah. I am so stoked for this show. And I'm so stoked for the news that's coming out of it. And to me, it sounds like Johnny Favs is getting to do uh, everything we all dreamed we could do when we first found out Star Wars was coming back. Would you say, Steve, that he's money? I would say that he's money, and and, and you know, actually, I, I I would probably act more like Buddy the Elf when he's finding out Santa's <laughs> oh, right, coming right, to right. Paul uh, with Johnny Fobbs. I'm just like, I wish I I'm knew so him so I could call him Johnny Fobbs. <laughs> I, I don't. It's just what we call him on on the Black Series Rebels. Um, oh, okay. And it's just how Alex and I always goof I around. It. I I, love I, it. I I used to get the man his coffee and groceries and and his scripts and hey. and stuff like that. He's lovely, lovely human being, and I and I did learn a lot on the set of Jungle Book. But uh, it's great to hear that he was a cool dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Just like you said in Favs, we I just call them Favs, man. <laughs> Damn it. In, F- in Favreau, we trust. So Absolutely. Do your thing. Do your thing. Oh, for sure, man. Like I said, I'm I'm weirdly excited about it. I think IG-88's neat. Yeah. I, I want to see what they do with them. But anyway. Alex and I were talking about it last week or the week before. Do you think that the Disney streaming will do it week to week and it'll be like excitement for Game of Thrones every Sunday kind of a thing? Or do you think they'll drop it all in one big chunk like uh, Stranger Things? Great question. Eric, Eric, what do you think? Do you think they're going to just do a week to week or are they just going to binge us? No, I think they'll go week to week because f- for the amount of money they're spending on this, that's 
in I mean, I'm don't work in that industry, but I feel like that's kind of the buzz that you need to to keep this thing going. Otherwise, what you'll do is you would be much more likely to have the subscribers who jump on, watch this, and then don't pay for it until the next thing that comes along that they think they want to watch. Kind of like what I do with HBO now. (laughs) (laughs) yes well i was i was saying to alex i was saying to alex you know i i think that you know the creators of something like a stranger things now and now they're in their third season and they're widely popular uh it's my understanding that a lot of the creators are now kind of going look do we want to own the weekend or do we want to own eight weeks or 11 weeks or however many um it's interesting because it is hard to own every weekend you know what i mean yeah but it's like or do we just own like one weekend like a movie or something right yeah i think it'd be probably there's some wisdom in in stretching it out but that's just me oh you're are you talking about mandalorian yeah (laughs) Uh... don't start with me man Please proceed. <laughs> no, I got that's it. I got yeah, nothing else. I'm gonna, he's, he's I'm gonna done. go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and play with my Millennium Falcon. And... <laughs> oh, please! Is that what you're calling it now? <laughs> oh, he should. Yeah, that'd be awesome. He's gonna, know, that would be That'd be cool. Just yeah. I'm just curious though. Is it the vintage Millennium Falcon or is it like the Solo Falcon with the little the little tip at the top? No, no, no. This is the <laughs> Legacy Collection Millennium Falcon. <laughs> It's the biggest. It's yeah, the biggest falcon big they've ever made. I just wanted to say tip. Sorry. All yeah. the other guys look at this falcon and then look at their falcon and be like, "Oh, <laughs> so that's what a real man's falcon looks like." But the one you have has a really small cockpit, correct? All right, listen up. Here's the deal. Does yeah. it have a big shield? <laughs> We're done talking now. <laughs> oh, okay. No? I, I agree with Eric though. He's got a big falcon. And that's cool. All right. Let's let, let's Put move on. this. This. This toy was one of the best gets I ever got, and the circumstances in which I got it make it even better. So don't you dare, don't you dare besmirch this beautiful thing. Trust me, bro. All of your trust me, bro. All of your dick talk. You're talking to a guy that like almost started crying in New York Comic Con when I couldn't get the Falcon that I wanted, the vintage Falcon. Somebody bought it an hour before I went. I went back to go get it. So I, dude, I am stoked for you. Yeah, no, I was actually yeah watching that. I was like, oh, that's pretty damn awesome, dude. All the dude, dick talk is I just mean, jealousy. Yeah, I had just, just got jealousy. done like just pouring it out in this very physical two-hour rock show, and I'm in front of hundreds of people, and they give me this thing, and I'm like, "Don't cry, don't cry." <laughs> I would have. And yeah, I, cried. I don't just, know how you held it together, man. Yeah, I would have cried. It was hard, man. It was. <laughs> anyway, did you, guys, did you guys see Ryan Johnson's thank you to Star Wars fans? Oh, I forgot about that. No, it's okay because the reason I wanted to bring it up is because um, Steve was talking how great of a guy Favreau was. I remember waiting overnight in a hall and meeting Ryan Johnson and seeing how great of a human being he was. And I was very impressed by him that night and I wanted him to have nothing but success. And he put out a thank you to fans during the year anniversary of Last Jedi and he put, want to thank all the amazing, passionate, thoughtful, kind, creative, and talented, supportive, argumentative, opinionated, respectful, open-hearted, inspiring, amazing, all in caps, Star Wars fans for the past year. Getting to hear from and meet so many of you has been an experience of a lifetime. And I wanted to say thank you, Ryan Johnson. Thank you for making a cool movie, mm-hmm. a beautiful movie, mm-hmm. and 
I'm sorry you have to go through all kinds of shit. That's what I want to say. That's really nice of you. In Ryan, we trust. In Ryan, I we trust. so regret not getting in that line. I mean, I was two feet away from the guy, and it's like, ah, he doesn't want to deal with all this. And now I regret it all the time. Yeah, I know. That was, it was amazing what he did. And he stayed there till what, like four in the morning? And then you have to go to a panel at 9 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Well, to be fair, I went to that same panel. And I was up all night too, so nobody you don't see anybody clapping me on the back for it. I clapped you on the backside. <laughs> here what, we go. What are we sorry, talking I'm about here? I digress. I digress. Okay, so since we're done with all the news so far, correct? Uh the, all the news that I'm aware of. That doesn't mean it's really all the news. Yeah, Steve, is there anything else <laughs> that we were missing here? <laughs> um I'm trying trying to think what else you got the composer you got the mandalorian stuff you got i mean nothing i mean no it seems like it's a typical week in in star wars news it's a lot of uh jason breaks the internet and then a week (laughs) later i'm sure the lucasfilm will send us another press release and then we'll all talk about this again but we'll officially talk about it exactly (laughs) officially (laughs) now i wanted to ask you this since we're talking about celebration i wanted to ask out of celebration when it all is said and done what is the number one thing that you want to be on a plane thinking about is it a phantom menace panel is it an episode nine trailer is it the first episode of the mandalorian or the first trailer of the cassian prequel show or not just episode maybe a trailer what is something that you really want to take away with you and go oh my god that was amazing you know it's actually you're gonna be like oh and it sounds like the really cheesy answer it's actually like yes all of all of that of course mm-hmm. but honestly after the year to two years we have had in the online twitter fandom of star wars mm-hmm. i'd like to walk away from that weekend on the plane back smiling and happy at the fact that you know the good really does outweigh the bad and that the internet really is just a really loud vocal place for a very small minority Mm-hmm. Um, and that we, it's just like nothing but Star Wars fans that are just celebrating each other and celebrating Star Wars. And like, yeah, like I may not be into Raylo and you may be into Raylo and I may have strong opinions about that. But like at the end of the day, like we all came to celebrate this thing we love and sort of the camaraderie of Star Wars. And I'm really excited to, to, to walk away from that. Cause I did celebration Anaheim by myself mm-hmm. and granted that was awesome. And I didn't have to adhere to anyone's agenda, but now having been, welcomed uh into the star wars community as as we have with black series rebels like it's going to be such a cool experience to kind of go there and and celebrate with all of you and everybody and just leave there just stoked so really like when i think about it i'm really hoping that it's just like this really positive um five days on one hand though on the negative side of it for me i'm going what are they how are they going to fill five days they barely could fill three (laughs) (laughs) right right but that's that's another conversation that's a really nice answer buddy i was gonna say i want to leave thinking about how we all got drunk together steve at uh one of the bars oh i'm sure it'll happen but that's it i'm sure it will happen i mean we got five nights there which means i've got like six or seven based off of our schedule so there you go there you go but (laughs) but it'll it'll happen but in all seriousness you're right i mean the best moments coming out of celebration orlando was like having that msw party meeting all the listeners hanging out with all the podcasters hanging out having a good time meeting everybody that's that's what you take away with it but star wars wise I think a Phantom Menace panel would be pretty damn cool and and having an episode of the, like the Mandalorian 
like a sneak preview like months before, that would be pretty fucking cool too. Who would have thought we'd be forced to try to dream up answers to things like this? But I do think a sneak peek at The Mandalorian would be really rad. For me, honestly, so when I look back at Celebration Orlando, that was the first celebration I'd ever been to. I mean, the, some of the highlights, I, I, the 40th anniversary panel was the Ugh. big deal. But, but the main stuff, man, is all the time I spent with the friends I've made. That was the biggest take home from any of it. And so really, as long as I'm hanging out with, with my peoples, man, it's, it's going to be great no matter what. Yeah, I highly recommend for anybody that's kind of wavering, definitely go. If you have a chance, go. It's a great time. You're going to meet some great people. You'll never forget it. It's really cool. And it's Chicago. Exactly. Yeah. It's Chi Town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just besides this, you know, the celebration of it, you know, the, the camaraderie and all that, you're going to be in Chicago. That's one thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Cause I, I agree with Steven where I don't, I, I love, really do love Star Wars a whole fuck ton. I can't do it for five straight days. So I, <laughs> that's why I'm happy it's in right. Chicago because I'm going to do yeah, dude. Chicago stuff. Right. I'm going I'm to you know, be I'm a tourist. Food. Exactly. I'm going to stuff my fucking face. Exactly. I'm so. Deep dish, so much deep dish food. all night. Deep dish all fucking night. Oh, and pizza too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that second city, going seeing comedy. Like, yeah, man, there's so much to do in that town. Exactly. It's my first time as well. I'm pumped. Yeah, I was about to say, I just want to be there, man. <laughs> We just got back. Well, not just got back. I went to New York Comic Con and we had a blast. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is, I'm telling Les, this is at a different level. Is that a, like, like, ton, oh, I'm sure. I would say 90% of our listeners are crazy Star Wars fans. Yes. So no. you're going to meet a lot of our listeners. A lot. Like three, at least. And that'll be, dude, that's a big percentage. So <laughs> I it know. Is, that that's is what a I'm lot. saying. That's at least 60%. All right. I think that's it with the Star Wars stuff. Do you want to? Tell us real quick how your amazing Black Series Rebel started and how all yeah, that man. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of a Cliff Notes version. Uh, Alex and I met like 11 years ago uh, at doing Second City in uh, Second City. You know, it's a, if you don't, for those of you and your listeners don't know, Second City started in Chicago. It has uh, theaters and schools in Los Angeles in Chicago, obviously, and, and other places all over the country. Anyways, Alex and I met there doing improv, uh, and we went through a conservatory program together and various sketch teams and things, and then we kind of went our separate ways, and a couple years later we got back together over our love of San Jose Sharks hockey and really bad Blink-182 yeah, no, no. music. Oh, wait, 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 Slow there, down bro. here, slow down here. Slow down. It's going to get You just don't slide the damn right San Jose Sharks. Les and I played hockey. Uh, I played at Cal State Fullerton. Les played really high competitive hockey. So we're hockey players, and we are diehard Anaheim Duck fans. That's cool. Ah, our oh, buddies, okay. Okay. Our, okay. Our buddies, you didn't say the Kings. That's right. Um, That's true. We have a hatred That's towards true. the Kings. That's okay. Right. Our, our buddy, and our buddy um, actually is one of the official um, like T-shirt and swag um, guy that prints all the stuff for the Ducks. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Great. So we have some kind of connection. The guy that makes like our so the guy that makes all of our T-shirts and stuff out of Temecula, he's got the account with the NHL and does all that stuff. So you should go follow Bring Hockey Back on Instagram. Okay, um, I will. Basically, it's a company that started during the um, the, strike. The, the the strike back in the day, and he got really famous. His T-shirts for basically in your local team's colors, basically saying Bring Hockey Back. 
Um, and he just makes really rad, awesome hockey apparel, especially cool. for um, some Ducks fans that might be into like the old stuff from the movies and things like that. Right, right. All right, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just heard of hockey That's and okay. Star Wars and hockey Anyways. in the same yeah. podcast gets me yeah. like excited. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, yeah, back, so to the back, like, back to the backseat road. I'm sorry. So Alex and I met, um, you know, doing Second City, and then we did that for many years, and then we bonded over uh, our love because we're both from the Bay Area. Uh, we both grew up there. Um, we grew up about 35, 45 minutes apart, but we actually, you know, we met in LA. And so we always bonded over San Jose Sharks, Star Wars, and our, um, our love for the terrible band Blink-182. And as, you know, bored white suburban kids, you know, do. We started bonding over Star Wars. I was working on Jungle Book, and I was working on the Disney lot, and I went into the Disney store and saw this six-inch figure uh of han solo that was really cool and uh it was the star wars the black series and i got i i bought it and was like oh my god and i saw bespin luke and i got that and i was really into him and one day i was i i i, I don't know i had a day off or something and i midweek and I was, alex was like where are you going i was like oh i'm heading over to toys r us see if they've got this thing you want to come with and so he came with and he saw the bespin luke and was like what and so his addiction started and so it turned into this like whole toy hunting thing where we found out when and where Toys R Us has got their deliveries and we would show up at like 10 o'clock on a Thursday morning and it would be like Alex and I and like, you know, a cholo and an old guy and an elderly person and um, two nerds and it looked like, you know, 11 sweaty old men and then like two moms with their strollers who look like they should absolutely be at Toys R Us at 10 o'clock on a Thursday morning and uh, it would turn into like Black Friday where you'd go in and these guys would be elbowing and getting in fights and they're scalpers. And they would go and they'd get the the, the figures. And it wasn't just Black Series figures. It was Transformers. It was um, um, Matchbox cars and, 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 and stuff. Anyways, Alex and I were like, dude, this is bullshit. Like someone should like, you know, call these guys out. We should go on the Internet and like start this dumb thing like die scalper scum and 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 like do videos and like post it and call them out. And then around that same time, uh, we were watching, I was watching, I've always been into movies, um, and I'm really into watching, like, YouTube stuff of people talk about movies, and I've followed online movie news with, you know, whether it's um, Umberto, Umberto Gonzalez, used uh-huh. to be from Latino Review, he's been right. rap for the last couple of years, um, you know, um, Jermaine, Lucier from io9, Peter from Slash Film, mm-hmm. uh, Frosty from the uh, website of Collider. Like, I've I've followed online movie news forever. And so Collider, when Collider Video launched, I got really into wa- getting on the treadmill in the mornings and watching Movie Talk at first because it was sort of like Sports Center, but for movies. And yeah. I, it would keep, I could keep my iPad and cover the screen and not get discouraged at how much time I had left on the treadmill. <laughs> Anyways, I got Al- Alex came over one day and I got him into that. And so we started watching that. And then between that and watching, like looking for other YouTube stuff about like black series collecting. And it was just a lot of guys that were like doing chat roulette that were in their forties with neck beards and their mom's basements. And like, that's cool too. Like I'm not, I'm not talking, but it was one of those things where it was like, Hey, I produce television. I used to be in front of the camera. Alex is in front of the camera, knocking it out, selling hamburgers and Dairy Queen and GameStop commercials. <laughs> like, why don't we like, you know, do one of these things, but let's like make it more like Wayne's World for Star Wars and let's have fun with it and let's not take it seriously. And at the end of the day, let's be honest and not front like we know everything about Star Wars because God knows we certainly don't. But we know that we love Star Wars. And, you know, even though we may not know the 
technical terms for things or certain creatures or certain planets or we may not care for this particular sector of things that people are in a fandom like whatever it's a welcome spot everyone's welcome to come hang out with us and so we put our um our, our resources together we've got a lot of friends in the industry and alex has just like got a ton of creative friends and we got together one day and was, was like we should do a business card and it was like oh, enamel pins were really big at the time and <laughs> it was like let's you know let's because we've always sort of had a punk rocky artist friends that we've always you know we go to this thing called designer con every year we go to all kinds of things and so we we kind of see these other um this other fandom these other communities and we're inspired by them sometimes so anyways it was like let's make an enamel pin as our first business card and like we launched an instagram and took a photo of it and put it up there and you know followed a bunch of star wars fashion people and star wars art people and star wars fans on the instagram and then found like a couple people that are like star i'm doing air quotes right now like star wars influencers and uh, we were like hey like that we thought were cool because there's a lot of lame ones out there and we're like hey we saw you guys are into this like we made this what do you think and they're like oh my god and it was our first pin it was the farm boy pin which is farm boy luke Mm -hmm. and you know it was one of those things where we just do uh weird names and so within a month it was like our instagram blew up from just that dumb pim photo and so we ended up selling it and we sold out in like a month. We sold like a hundred pins in a month and it was like, Whoa. So we were able like, we were like, we don't have to do this thing in our garage anymore. Like, and so we rent a space, a tiny little office in Chatsworth and we did some research and we got this little camera that can shoot like 10 different angles. Steel. We, we oh, hook steel up. Yeah. I saw it. Over the, I saw it over the weekend. Uh, I, I thought it was a microphone, by the way. I would go steel. That's yeah, the no. coolest looking fucking microphone. And Les is like, yeah, dude, the Mevo rules. That is a yeah. brilliant idea. God, that is awesome. Yeah. He, but he we're, showed we were me everything, and I'm like, wait, what? And he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah it's we're, a camera, man. We're one, of the first, we're one of the first people that like really got into it. And it's meant for live streaming, actually. Um, but we don't use it for that. We we use it. We have our buddy Cisco, who I worked with for uh, several years behind the scenes making television. And uh, he came on board, and, and he runs the iPad and the angles. And we built this little set in an office and it's about two guys hanging out getting sweaty about star wars that don't take it too seriously and if you want to hang out with this cool and so we started selling uh, a pin once a month and every single dollar from the pins goes towards funding our show and our edit costs and our rent nothing comes out of pocket we don't you know use a rack up credit card debt or anything like that (laughs) and it costs us nothing and we go thursday nights and we have dinner and we record this show and the pins just blew up um, every month to the point where the first pin it took a month, the second pin it took like um, two weeks, the third pin it took a week, the fourth pin it took a day, from a day to like eight hours, from eight hours. Sometimes now we sell out pins in like three minutes. It's almost like this weird like you know supreme shoe drop or a mondo poster. Uh, we do them in super limited runs. They are an art piece. They're like they're you know they're satire. We have silly names for them. We do silly art on the backs of them, and it now has allowed us to where it's like we team up with our boys at a shop called Quest, which is a really cool comic shop that has three locations in SoCal, and we'll do live events there. And and right. we, you know with our experience from Second City and things like that, our live shows are more of an interactive like weird variety show where we do an interview and we play games and. You know, we have silly catchphrases and, and, you know, we're, we're very snarky, but we're also, we try to be positive and welcoming of everybody. And, you know, we can laugh at ourselves and, um, sometimes we get a little too sensitive and it shows on Twitter. I think, um, sometimes we 
think a little too much of ourselves and you know we get a little cocky and every now and again twitter does a good job of putting us back in our place and <laughs> us like why we do this and you know at the end of the day alex and i are having a blast we're coming up on at celebration it'll be officially two years because our first Alex showed up to Celebration Orlando. I couldn't because I was working and basically put out a thing on our Instagram and our Twitter feeds like, you know, see this nerdy dude with glasses and a flannel walking around with an Empire Strikes Back lunchbox. Say what up. He'll give you a pin. And so that was where we kind of he met Jason there. He met uh, Steel, all that stuff. And Steel ended up actually being our first guest on our show and really kind of because of Jason, people like Jason and Steel. You know, our friend Misty Lee, who's a voiceover artist that has recorded for The Voice of Leia, uh, yeah, Ken right. Knapsack from Collider Network. A lot of people from Collider, like everyone just really sort of like once Steele did our show, everyone and he kind of was like, no, like he showed up and was like, what's that camera, mate? What's this? What's that? I was like, how do you guys do this? And it was like, <laughs> right. it's really easy. We're in a little tiny closet. And like a lot of it also has to do with Alex's hustle on social media and um, but because of steel and all of these little happy accidents, we've been able to keep doing this show and having fun with it. And, you know, I make I make really bad true crime television. I, you know, during my day job, I don't watch true crime. Right. It's not my thing. But I flex this muscle that I learned. And Alex doesn't Alex doesn't want to be the, the spokesperson for Dairy Queen or, you know, GameStop the rest of his life. But at sure. the same time, like that pays the bills and we're happy and we we recognize we're lucky enough to do that. But at the same time, we're able to utilize our day job skills on this fun, silly show every week, talking about stuff that we like to talk about while also, you know, performing because really, you know, at the end of the day, the black series rebels and Alex and I on that show and our Twitter and everything, it's really just sort of like an exaggerated character version of our real life selves. And it's just been this really cool ride for the last two years. It's been a lot of hard work. It really has. It's like having a second day job. But, you know, we, we basically saw a space in the marketplace of, you know, because it's like, oh, great. Who needs two more white dudes with beards talking about Star Wars <laughs> on the Internet? You know what I mean, like, who right. needs that? And so we really pride ourselves on our interviews of bringing guests on and learning about our guests and learning about their fandom and really just letting them speak because you find out like on a lot of these shows and a lot of these other pods and stuff, it's like everyone just steamrolls over them and you don't really get a chance to hear them or hear what they're about. And we also really strive to, you know, have a lot of diverse voices and not just more white men with beards. And we really try to have, you know, the female element and, and just, right. you know, the fandom is so big and so wide and so many shapes and sizes and colors and, and everything that it's like, that's what's so beautiful about Star Wars, the Star Wars fandom. And so we really try to shine a light on, on that on our show as much as possible while also having fun and not taking it very seriously. It's It's been a blast, and everyone's been really cool and really welcoming. And, and we step in mud every, you know, once or twice a year on the Internet. But, you know, who doesn't? Who doesn't? And, uh, right. You know, at the end of the day, there's more good than bad with Star Wars fans, and, and we're just having fun. And, you know, Alex and I are, are able to – you know, we're very blessed to be able to sort of get to go do this thing once a week uh, without it costing us anything without, you know, it, without a little bit of hard work, obviously. Sure. You know, we'll, we'll keep doing it as long as it's fun. Yeah. And I will say that it is probably the best produced Star Wars show on YouTube that I've ever seen. And it's thanks. Yeah. It is it's so well done. It's so entertaining. And your interviews are great. I, I just I, I, I was talking to Eric today. 
And I said, hey, Eric, let's do like a trailer breakdown and reaction when big trailers come out at least. And I said, if I do it, I want to do it at a level like these guys because they, I mean, I don't want to do it unless it's like really done well. And you guys have set the standard and just want to say great job. You guys have done a great job with that. man. That really does. That really means a lot. I'll definitely tell Alex that because... You know, we, you know, we really do strive to, you know, produce it the way I, you know, we would produce, you know, stuff that we do on our day jobs, but at the same time, sort of give it a, this weird lo-fi, hi-fi quality to right, it. Right, right. Where it's like, cause like, dude, that set is literally cheap, like $5 flats of like particle board wood that I, we got at Lowe's and painted black. You know, it's punk rocky, but also got a nice little finish to it and I think that's sort of sort of some of the charm, and, and so it that is, means a lot is. to us that, to hear you say that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And the potting it forward thing is some. Once we got onto the Make It Star Wars podcast network, we we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it wasn't for guys like Jason and for Steel and for Johnny Grosso and mm-hmm. and Hosberg Hart and Mike Pappas. Those guys really took us under their wing and kind of you know gave us the experience. It gave us the know how to do what we do. So the potting it forward thing is. I think it's the coolest thing to do in this whole podcasting game. So. Well, we're also also different too because it's like there's a lot of people out there that get caught up in like it's like a weird competition, and it's just like, dude, right. the Sith list is totally different than Black Series Rebels, and Black Series Rebels is totally different than mm-hmm. say like the Resistance broadcast, right? Than say Steel. Like we're all different. We all bring something different and unique to it, you know. And I think that's why all like we're all better off together, helping each other, and sort of being this sort of like you know, fa- like big wide net family in a sense. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, because at the end of the day, like we're not in competition with each other. No. Like no. none of us are. Like no. it's a lot of the same people that listen to you probably listen to us and, and, and vice versa and all these other things. And and there's a few new people to, to be found. But, you know, we all bring something different and offer something different to the table. And, and we're all unique in our own way. It's true. And But once we do get our YouTube thing going, we're not going to be able to talk to you. I just want to throw that out there. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And like, that is when the and that is when the turf war begins. Ah, totally messing with you, man. Okay, you know, we're great. gonna be like those dudes that roll around Disneyland with like Disneyland gang cuts. Oh, that like yeah, have their right. vests with their Disneyland gangs right, with and their vests. Yeah. Like that's a real that's a real problem. It I is. saw that there was a whole thing where they're like hacking each other and oh yeah. And and yeah, that's crazy. Like, dude. We're all going to go to celebration and we're all going to have a blast and it's going to be crazy. And we're going to leave that place going, I don't want to talk about Star Wars for at least three months. Right, yeah. Or, or three or three days. <laughs> or three days. Or three days. That's true. Yeah. All right. Dude, cool. how smelly and sweaty are those airplanes going to be? Oh, gosh. And the con crud is going to be all over us, but bring the con crud Star Wars. And I, and I can see this because I'm a big boy, but they're going to run out of seatbelt extenders on those flights. <laughs> Especially with all those deep dish. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into some random schmeals real quick before we get into all the, the cool comic book stuff. Dark Crystal. And being a child of the 80s, you would know what this is. This is a big deal. Boo, have you heard of Dark Crystal? I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. Okay. Well, it was Jim Henson was behind it. Oh, and it was okay. one he considered, he once said that he considers the Dark Crystal to be his greatest work. Huh. So now, decades later, uh, a new look of Dark Crystal is coming to Netflix. And a next chapter, it's going to be a prequel. And I did not know this, but you're going to have some incredible voices pretty much involved in this thing, including Mark Hamill, Anya Taylor-Joy, Taron Egerton, Helen Bonham Carter. It's coming out, and it's going to be called Age of Resistance. 
It's a 10-episode prequel series set many years before the events of Dark Crystal. Obviously, I know less Eric, Steve, and I remember Dark Crystal, correct? Terrifying. <laughs> it was freaky. And oh, yeah, dude. It freaked me out, but I definitely loved it. it was I just so wouldn't cool. sleep for a couple of days after I'd see it. I hope it resonates with the millennials. <clears throat> Boo. And I hope it does really. Ah. <laughs> just kidding. Boo, Boo ah. I think you're going to like it. Okay. I think you're going to like it a lot. And the story is great. And it was freaky. The faces are freaky. But it's not scary or anything. Okay, yeah, because if it was, I'd be, yeah, the, Steve, the way you guys are making it sound, no, no, I'm, no, no. Already, I'm already checked out. No, no, Steve, Boo doesn't no. like scary things. He won't watch scary movies. Absolutely uh, not. What's the scariest movie you watch? He saw It with us. I saw It. Um, doesn't get much scarier than that, but and then it turns into torture porn. Well, no, and then, <laughs> no, no, but like It... We uh, uh, Raj and I, and I think Les was there. We saw that one that uh, that Ouija Origins or something like right. that. He freaked out over that. That, that okay. was fucking okay. terrifying. He doesn't fuck. like supernatural shit. No, like, like Haunting of Hill House. He will not watch. Fuck it. that shit. Yeah, demons. Oh, and dude, and children. dude, Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House has one scare in like this, like later episode that like episode five. I'm still pissed. I'm still pissed that that at that jump scare that they got yep, me. Yep. Because I don't normally jump scare, and I'm I still like thinking about it now. I'm like, yep. and it's just a dumb jump scare. But oh man, Steve, they All do right. it so well. That that show they is do. produced and done so well. We Wait, talked I about know which one week. he's talking about too. Which one are you talking about? Spoiler alert! But you're talking about see, the episode five with the man. They're, they're driving right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. They're driving. Which one yep. is that? The sisters are driving and something happens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then this yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah no. dude. Oh, yeah. you're right, bro. Yeah. Uh, yes. That got me too. I was like, ah, what the hell? Was a great that show. got me to the point where like, like even like 45 minutes later, I had to get up and shake it off. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the woman with the crooked neck or whatever. The, the bent neck lady. Yeah. Bent neck lady. I thought that was a crazy episode as well. Ooh. I think that, I think the, obviously the, the one that, They'll get nominated a ton of stuff for the the one that's like really just it looks like one long shot, but it's really like two shots. Um, the big following one, oh, yeah. um, which if you haven't watched the behind the scenes on how they did that and read the the tweet thread about how the the director pulled that off and wrote that script way ahead, and yeah, it's really fascinating. Um, but back to Dark Crystal. Listen, buddy, I know you're not into scary things. Nothing I'm about to say is is probably going to make that any better. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. Still to this day, I, 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 dude, my wife, like my wife's favorite sort of genre movie is, or or like pop culture type movie like these is Labyrinth, which yes. also has very made around the same time as Dark Crystal, and and that movie still creeps me out. Like Labyrinth creeps me out too. Dark Crystal absolutely terrified me as a child terrifies me whenever i go to put it on now even just the screen grab pictures we got released this week of the new one yeah freaky creep me out but i will check it out i'll check it out because uh it's it's you know it's jim henson and and it's a product of my childhood and also i'm gonna plug an interview we did uh this last year with uh puppeteer kirk thatcher who designed and and um helped work i think a little bit on the newest one but wow um yeah, he was also designed the Rancor and was the legs of the Rancor. Oh shit! Um, yeah, we, we did an interview with him. We, he's crazy. Like if you if you look at him, you're gonna think they interview the real life the dude, um, and he he thinks he's the dude. He's a wow. crazy character, but uh, <laughs> definitely go back and check out that interview we did with Kirk Thatcher because uh, he talks about the '80s and working at, at at Lucasfilm. But anyways, Dark Crystal, like it looks terrifying. 
But yeah, I'm gonna check it out. The new pictures look creepy as all hell too now, they with sure a little do. bit of that extra like CG kind of gloss <laughs> over them or something. Right, they look yeah. a little bit more refined. They still look a little little dead behind the eyes. I'm not gonna lie. It creeps me out more. I, I'm definitely gonna check it out, but they are creepy looking. But the intention of the show isn't to be creepy. Just they 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 look creepy. Boo. Uh huh. Yeah, the, the design of it all. Yeah, the design of it is very very creepy. Hmm. I do want to say this real quick before we get into the, the comic book stuff. Narcos, I just finished. Oh, thank God. The last episode yeah. of the Narcos Mexico. And holy shit. Fucking awesome, right? Every time one of these Narcos seasons come out, I go, oh, I like this one better than the last one. This might be my favorite one. Because Diego Luna is fantastic. All I thought about was, God, I cannot wait to see Diego Luna in a series about Cassian because he is so good mm-hmm. Diego Luna is a great actor he takes a character that is an asshole pretty mm-hmm. much when it comes down to it but you're kind of rooting for him and Narcos does this well they did this with Pablo Escobar you know he's a scumbag animal murderer murderer but at the end of the day you're like rooting for him this one was a little different I'm not going to spoil anything and if you don't know the story about um, the DEA agent Kiki. This one, you kind of are upset by the end of it. And so you don't feel the, I want this guy to win mm-hmm. because of the things that happened. But I will say, please check it out. Narcos is a great show. It's done really well. This time it's in Mexico. And Diego Luna, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you want to see what we're going to get, I know you saw Rogue One, but if you want to see what we're going to get, this is him. He's mm-hmm. a fantastic actor. Yeah, I just watched the, uh, because I saw that we might be talking about this the other day, I, I ended up, I've been meaning to watch it, and I just, I finally watched the episode one of it, and yeah, both Michael Pena and and, oh. and Diego Luna are fantastic in it. Did you guys know about the, like, location scout on that season? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, 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 unfortunately, we found yeah. out before we started shooting, yeah. Awful. Yeah, that was a just bummer, like- yeah. Yeah, shit's real down there, man. You know, it's still yeah, it's still going on down there, and they don't they don't want to be outed, and they don't want to be made fun of, and they don't want to have any kind of attention. And oh yeah, no, that was a none message. Whatsoever. Uh, if people don't crazy. know what we're talking about, the location scout yeah, went, went down there and to, to check out spots, and his car just got, including him, just got riddled with bullets, and he got murdered, and it was just an awful thing. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be holding a camera and. Well, I don't even think of that. I think they found out that he was going there for the that purpose. Too. Yeah. 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 It, all of it. So they're yeah. like, no, no, no. You're not coming down here without our permission. Right. Ooh. So check that out. Check Narcos out um, if you haven't yet. And and you can definitely start with the Columbia side of things. Narcos season one, two, and three, and four, if I'm not mistaken. One, two, three, and three. Three, three yeah. Because it kind of ties in to Narcos Mexico. You don't have to do that, but if you do it, some other stuff will make sense. So, so is it sort of an anthology, or, or is each season new actors? No, so it's definitely not. An no, anthology. so this is the new. This is the new version of that, where it's a new, a new set of actors and and storyline and everything. It is. It's a new. It's just a okay. new, a new storytelling of what went down in the Mexico side of things. So you got Colombia, you got the okay. Pablo Escobar's car- cartel, and then you got the Cali cartel in the first couple seasons, and now you see how Mexico got involved. But I will say this. I'm not going to spoil things, but there's episodes that ties everything together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's sort of like a weird, like, almost like The Wire. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. 
All right. I think it's time for some comic book TV movie news. Before we get into the into the Spider-Verse. Oh, could you like that? Get into into the Spider-Verse. We are going to listen to On the Throne with King Tom, which is very much about what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. We're going to talk about Into the Spider-Verse. We're going to break it down a bit. We're going to spoil it. King Tom is going to spoil it as well. So if you don't want to be spoiled, please forward this about 15, 20 minutes. And uh, it's not much that you can spoil as we talked about, but let's do On the Throne with King Tom. Gentlemen, the king! Hey, Sith listeners and Sith listeners. So, Spider-Verse. I am sure you guys are talking about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys thought about it, especially Boo. But uh, I loved this movie. I took the, My wife and I, we took the kids to see it, and it's one of those types of things that everyone got something from. Everyone saw themselves. It was a beautiful looking movie, and I've always felt like the character of Spider-Man, the person of Peter Parker, and this is something that is extended to pretty much all of the different spider versions that i've seen but the character has had a lot of heart and i think that's something that draws people to him and that was definitely shown in this movie it told a good story and people i think you know as much as a multiverse is a tough concept to understand sometimes it it handled that well and everyone understood it looking forward to more and i want to hear what you guys have to say but there is something i wanted to talk about kind of related to it kind of lost around at the time that the movie was released last week vanity fair published an interview with amy pascal who is a sony exec lord miller and some of the other people kind of just doing a state of sony's spider-man universe or holding or production and there were some really interesting parts to it first it dealt a lot with the making of Spider-Verse and how it came about. But by things I've said in the past, I've been very critical of the way that Sony has handled that they're part of the franchise. I've always thought that Spider-Man should be back under the control of Marvel. I've been critical of Venom, and I was wrong about that. People liked Venom. The movie, it made a lot of money. So I was wrong with that. I'm fine with that. But the good thing is, from the article, it sounds like they have a plan. They know what they want to do with this. Moving forward, more movies. They want to make different types of movies for different audiences. And and I think that's a good thing. And it seems like they have they definitely have quality in mind for as much as they want to use the Spider-Man franchise to make money. They also seem like they want to do it smartly. And, and my favorite part of the article was Pascal was talking. And I guess she goes back a long way with Kevin Fige. It seems to me, from my reading of this article, that they realize working with Marvel, like they did for Homecoming, they're doing for Far From Home and for using him in the Avengers movies, they realize that that's a smart thing. And that's good for everyone. So I hope that that's something they continue to do in the future. Anyway, I want, I want to see what you guys, because it's coming out in other places. It looks like there's going to be a Venom sequel. They have more Spider-Man animated features on the way. They want to do something with Silk and other members of the Spider-Verse. What do you guys want to see? Spider-Verse was great. I hope I hope I get to see it again sometime soon. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I will talk with you later. And that was On the Throne with King Tom, dropping the deuces every week. Anya, well, that didn't sound good. <laughs> But drop in some knowledge, some Spider-Verse knowledge. And let me tell you, Tom, thank you so much. That was amazing. I want to see just more of what I just saw. Um, Just just replicate what I just saw. Do it again. Bring in some more Spideys. 
you know, the Oscar Isaac one. We're going to get into all of that in a second, but I like to see kind of like the budding romance that we'll talk about in a second. But let's uh, let's dive into into the Spider-Verse right now, guys. Yeah, man, let's get into it. I'm going to give you my quick take and then I want to get Steve's quick take. And then Les, we'll talk to you about it. You being a huge comic book guy. I didn't know that the animation was going to be that great. Meaning, I didn't know it was going to be revolutionary. And by why revolutionary is what I found out was one of the first movies, and Sony's putting a patent on this, mm-hmm. that they did everything with, uh, with computer graphics. Then they went over every frame and actually did ink over the computer graphics. Right. And it is amazing looking. And Les and I saw it in real 3D. And it was beautiful being kind of in that. Literally, we were into the Spider-Verse. Yes. We were submerged into that whole thing. And it was beautiful looking. Storyline was amazing. Voice actors were great. Music was unbelievable. Lord and Miller killed it. Um, there's not much I can say that I didn't like about this film. It was truly one of the best films I've seen, especially in this genre, all year. Oh, yeah. Hands it, down. It, it's up there for sure. Right. And before we get into specifics, Steve, what did you think about this thing? Oh, man. This movie is like, um, look, man, it's got street culture. It's got hip hop. It's got skate culture. It's got graffiti. It's got, you know, superheroes, obviously. It's got pop art. It's just the colors are vibrant. The music is fresh. Everything. It's just it's pumping on all cylinders, and it and it's just like euphoric. And it's it's just yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Did you notice there's this, there's a scene in the film that's inspired by a Rage Against Machine cover, Battle of Los Angeles? Oh yeah, when they're tagging and they do the silhouette. Oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah, straight yeah. from. Yes. Lord Miller said that was straight from Rage Against Machine. There was all kinds of great stuff. The tributes to the old. Spider-Man films, not even the, old. The, the Raimi old. ones, yeah, yeah, the Raimi ones, yeah, they're not old. Yeah. And did you guys know that was Chris Pine that did the the voiceover? At that point, when you see when you get introduced to Peter Parker first, right? That's Chris Pine's voice. Hmm. I didn't. It wasn't until a little later. I was like, man, that's not the homeboy from New Girl. That's not Jake. Yeah, that's not What's going on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and then it, you know it, what happens happens. But uh, right, yeah, no. There's I need to see it again because there's I've been watching a lot of interviews with like Lord Miller and the cast on YouTube this week, um, and it sounds to me like it's just a an Easter egg. Like the movie should just be called Into the Easter Eggs because they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And the tribute they do the upside down kiss right with Peter yes. and Mary Jane that was awesome. They do out-of-control train scene from Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. They do the restaurant scene. They do the restaurant scene. They do Dr. Octopus throwing New York Taxi through the window in Spider-Man 2. They show that as well. Yeah. The f- best part, I thought, was the infamous Peter Parker jazz stroll. Yes. That was awesome. And yeah, I love how they we, say We, we won't, won't talk ta- about that. We won't that. talk about that. Yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> it was really cool. They made fun of it. So, so. That was very, very cool. And that's, what, and that's all Lord and Miller. You know it is. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's all of them. I love the Stan Lee tribute, and there were Stan Lee tributes. It's the best one. It's the best one. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, we were friends, you know. Can I return it if it doesn't fit? It always fits. Eventually. And there was tributes all through. It's the best one in any movie. I agree. I agree. And I like the little twinkle in his eye. 
he like says something yeah. and he winks at him. And I guess that he's all over the movie. You see him throughout the entire movie. They place him in certain spots. Really? Yeah. Where's Waldo? Right, exactly. <laughs> it was really, he's on all kinds of crowds and he's up on walls and all kinds of stuff. The thing that, uh, that they're talking about, though, they're, they're already talking sequel, by the way. Well, they should. Yeah. Well, this is a huge hit, so yes. they're going to definitely do a sequel, but they're going to do it. Vanity Fair had an interview with Amy Pascal, which is the Sony chief. The sequel will focus on Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy and a budding romance between the two spider heroes from different universes. Whoa, are you sure they want to do that? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay. You, okay, Les, what did you think about the actual storyline, though, as a comic book fan? Well, what I really liked is the fact that the Kingpin is actually one of Spider-Man's main villains. Right. Like, he's right there after the Sinister Six, and to reunite them, or at least to have him show up and to show the fighting prowess, how he can hang with Spider-Man and he can throw punches with him and give Spider-Man a match was, for me, I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. They're going back to that and they're, they're showing us, you know, Daredevil, the Netflix series shows Daredevil and the Kingpin going at it. Right. And like, that's a big deal because he's a lawyer in his, in his normal life. But the Kingpin is Spider-Man's. One of his biggest foes, right? Yeah, right there. So, to bring that to the animated in. But yeah. question for you. I'm not, I'm like Steve. I used to look at comic books, didn't really mm-hmm. get into them and read them until I met you, really. Yeah. Um, but the visually, is that how Kingpin looked? That massive with the shoulders or it was it different? He's just, yeah, really big, uh, shoulders. Um, not, not so much fat. Yeah, like, he looked you know like I mean? it was like excessively like big. Like just a big, yeah, he was big. big, big person. Yeah, so he's drawn, you know, with like a bigger, yeah, like basically all shoulders. Right. Hands, just really, really big. Isn't that one, it isn't, and like you're going to be like, well, Steve, I know you said you didn't watch, you know, read comics, but isn't that Kingpin sort of modeled after the, the Frank Miller Daredevil Kingpin? I think so. From from back in the day where he's like, I mean, he's he's like gargantually Bigger than normal, I feel like. Bigger than everyone, yeah. He's actually in every all the drawings. Kingpin is bigger, the biggest like person in the room. How dare you know comic book information, yeah. Steve? <laughs> That's the one where honestly, uh, Daredevil. It's just because I've been watching a lot of Lord and Miller interviews all week. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the one where Daredevil. Uh, a lot of shit happens to him. But mm. I think they mirrored this in the Netflix show, the final yes. season. Right, right, right. So he gets outed. Well, Kingpin as, beats the shit out of him. Yeah, too, he man. gets outed as Matt Murdock. Uh, then he comes back and finds a way to infiltrate and take Kingpin's empire down, like totally dismantle his shit. Um, that's actually a really good run, uh, Frank Miller, if I'm not mistaken. Very, very so good. Is it the man? I'm looking it up on Google right now. The Man Without Heart or something? Uh, like that? I think so. Because right. he was like, oh, he had nothing to lose, right. basically. Like, they took everything from him. Okay. But back to... The story. Yeah, and then... Was it too... And uh, it wasn't... And, and they introduced a different mess, doc, like Dr. Uh, Octopus. No, they introduced a different Dr. Octopus because that's the deal, like, into the Spider-Verse. Right now, Marvel's running what's called Spider-Geddon. Huh. And I think it's all the Spider-Men, like, from Ooh, all, all the versions of Spider-Man oh, yeah. from all the different universes are coming together, and they got to find a way to basically... I, don't, I, don't, I haven't read it all, but the gist is almost the same. And then their version of the Scorpion, 
was pretty cool too. So yeah, it it all worked out. Uh, just from the moment that the movie started, you're just yeah. like you couldn't stop. You were just into it. So. There was moments. I know it's very animated, right? But there was moments where when they were speaking and there was dialogue and they were interacting, where I forgot that it was animation. Yeah. Did it feel like that for you, Steve? Oh yeah, man, definitely. And like even in the trailer with the scene where you know uh, Marshall Ali is dropping. Um, um, or, or Spidey's dad's dropping My- Miles' dad's dropping him off at school, and like, you know, his his dad says I love you, and, and Miles <laughs> doesn't say anything, and then he gets on the thing, and like the the Miles does this like head thing and like shoulder thing when he's like I love you too, Dad. That's so like it, they just they got the movements and everything. It, it was yeah. It, it, at times I got totally lost and forgot I was watching a cartoon, and then right, right away it was like oh my god. And at first, you know, I saw it in 3D, and I'm I'm not a big 3D guy, but I do like animated movies when they're done right in 3D. Yeah, and absolutely. I just had a feeling about this one, and man, I loved it. And at times, I I did though at first kind of take a minute and go, wait, is this out of focus? Like, there's like some weird out of focus stuff here. Yeah, purposely um, but done. Then in, at, but then it was purposely done. And when I was talking to Alex, he was like, no, I, I had the same feeling in 2D, but it was like clearly purposely done. And like like even just like I just can't say how much i love this movie so much from the storyline like and visually and and the meta and and just it just man this is this is just a big old like bowl of just gourmet but also like thrifty rite aid ice cream just mixed all together that's just this perfect thing that is amazing and i mean even sometimes like like on the like when you're looking at them, it's like it has the lines that looks like the weird graph lines that is from the paper mm-hmm. of a comic book, right? Right. From back in the day and, and stuff like there was just that's the thing about these dudes is their attention to detail and not just in the visual realm, but also in the 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 scripting of it all and the referencing and just mm-hmm. like I think about that and I think about how that takes more than just two guys' brains that takes a team and and what they're able to accomplish when they're allowed to do their thing and again I just go man I need to see their solo and yeah exactly <laughs> what I thought and remember they took this job right when they got released oh that's right they this was from, the project they took true. and man did they nail it. Was it? I thought they had already like this was already in the works because I thought this had been this had been going on for almost like three years. Were they no, fired they, from Solo almost three years they ago? They went full time to. I think. Well, yeah. Mistake. I think. Well, they. Uh, annou- well, okay. or they announced it. You know, maybe they had them, but I don't. I remember like it was weeks after they got fired. They said that we they finally got they got another project, and they might have been already the ones they were gonna go with. But I think they announced it officially after they got let go of Solo. Oh wow, that's. I crazy think, I one of the other things that i thought was one of the other things i thought was a trip in one of the interviews i saw i saw it with uh Shamik moore the guy who plays uh spidey mm-hmm. or miles um they asked him you know how he um got involved or anything like that and he was like well i auditioned for another movie that i didn't get for them and they just always kept me in mind and they asked the, they asked you know Shamik like well what what was it and he was like uh he's kind of squirming and he goes <laughs> it, it's it's their last picture that uh donald glover did Right. And so it was like, oh, wow, Shamik auditioned for Lando. Mm-hmm. Hey, right. That's crazy. That's crazy. But this was a, I mean, some, some film societies and, and organizations are saying that this is the best film of the year. Not just animated film, not just superhero film, best film of the year. I know Boo's looking Between at me that, like, yeah, right. But. 
it's 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 on my list. I got to be honest with you. As much as I think this thing deserves to win an Oscar, even as if not Best Picture, and it and I think it deserves maybe even animated. I just it's. It's not going to. Oh, it's definitely not going to. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's, going to. It's, it's 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 not going to. But man, it it'd be really great if this if this walked away with uh, best animated feature. And I got to tell you, I'd be so stoked for Lord and Miller to walk Miller. up on that stage after oh, this last oh year. God. Yeah, after this last year and a half or whatever to right. walk up there and how they got dragged through the media and how it was like. You know, everyone was talking about how they were making Solo into Ace Ventura, and they just kept kicking them and kicking them. And for them to just walk across that stage and look out at you know everyone with a with a with a golden statue, I think that'd be a pretty great way for them to cap off the year. They should hold the statue up and say, "Never tell me the odds." Huh? That would be, dude. How amazing would that be? That would be pretty like, epic. Mic drop, Star Wars, just like <laughs> that would you know? be. Because awesome. I got nothing but respect for Kathy and, and all those dudes and everybody at Lucasfilm, but yeah, like that's one of those moments where I'm just like those poor guys. Yeah, and I love Ron Howard and I love what he did, but I I would like to see, I like to see their cut. As much as I don't yeah. want to see Zack Snyder's cut, I would like to see their cut. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, it's like let's just see Zack Snyder's cut because <laughs> that's like true too. it's that's just true like too. this thing of myth now. You know, Jason Momoa talks about it like it's like the golden, you know. Like the Holy Grail or something, but yeah. How about the, okay, the last thing we'll talk about is the post-credit scene with this thing. So I had to get Les to explain to me what the fuck was going on, but I know I heard that, I, I recognized that voice, and you Star yeah. Wars fans would definitely yeah. recognize that voice because it's one Oscar Isaac, your Poe Dameron, shows up at the very end. So if you haven't seen this film, do not leave till the very end credits. And by the way, if you're going to go see a superhero film, no matter if it's animated or not, do not leave until all of it is done completely and the lights come on. Because I've talked to a lot of people that have seen this film. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So check out this post-credit scene. It no, has, we, we, uh, you asked me and then I go, hold on, let me check. And then uh, people were walking out and then I'm like, there's a post-credit scene. And it's, there's a, first of all, there's a touching tribute to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, the creators of Spider-Man. Yes. Right? That was really cool. But at the very end of it, we get Spider-Man 2099, voiced by Oscar Isaac. And then, go ahead, tell us who the hell is this guy. Oh, uh, that's uh, Miguel O'Hara, who... Um, so, I think Marvel, at one point, released... I think it was like three or four titles. It was like Spider-Man 2099, X-Men 2099. Uh, and then, I'm not mistaken, I don't know his full power set, but basically he's a vampire? I think he's or a he, vampire. I think he is. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm stumbling on it. But ultimately, it's supposed to be the future version of Spider-Man. So when they showed this in the post credit, and he uh, what is it? Has the time trap like the goober? Right. And he he gets, just, pretty much gets what happens is he gets updated what's going on because I don't know what the hell he was doing, but he gets updated of what just happened in the film. So I think the he got. Maybe displaced also right. from Something his happened. timeline. Yeah, but it wasn't too bad because he's supposed to be like a hundred or a thousand years in the future <laughs> right. of this whole thing. So for him, like he probably just got launched off somewhere else, and they finally brought him back. And there, he's like, I want to know what the hell happened. And then they bring him back to one of the Spider Spidey sixty five or something. The OG Spider Man, oh, where all the memes are about. Yeah, right. Yeah. The nineteen sixties series. Yeah, look yeah. at each that. other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he shows up. He's like, "Who are you? Who?" Yeah, yeah. That, it was uh, pretty great. It was pretty funny. Again, Lord and Miller killed yes. it. 
in the yeah he went from digital cg to straight up regular animation yeah. like old school <laughs> animation and i was like oh that's it awesome fantastic so we get definitely give it the Sithless seal of approval. Eric, you definitely need to check this out. Uh, take the kids. I don't think there was anything bad in it where he can't take the kids, correct? Uh, no. Cruiser, Cruiser told me there was one thing that was might be questionable. Talks about puberty. That's about uh, it. Times. I would think. I would think that maybe there's it, it. Times deals pretty head on with some serious themes of uh, of loss and death. Mm-hmm. Yes, that might be Should it. That, that might be like a little whatever, but other than that, like I know people that took their small kids and it just flew right over their heads and they were just into Miles Morales and you know, and mm-hmm. they're Spider Man. But he said yeah. I should take him. Yeah, you should definitely take him. Yeah. You'll love it. Just for the yeah, just for the fact that it's really entertaining and and Spider Ham. Spider Ham is great. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, you're you're. I think your kids would like watching him. Voiced by John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Dude, how lucky are these kids today that they get to like, because like in the VHS days for us, it was like rewinding and watching. And it's like to think about, I mean, just this movie alone, like if I was a little kid, six, seven years old, and I got this at Thanksgiving time on Blu-ray or digital, you know what I mean? How this would be like, this would be on my TV every day, multiple times a day, just me watching, rewinding, watching back again, just like, uh, Kids to not just that, just watching it, yeah, just just true. just studying it, just memorizing it, just like man, kids today are so lucky. Steve, you have no idea, and I think Eric, I've told you this before. I think you've done the same thing. Back when I was a kid in third grade, second grade, I used to record on cassette tape. I used to stick my boombox next to the television. I used to record the Star Wars films on cassette tape. It would be about three tapes that I would have to use. And then I would listen to them while I go to bed. So that's funny because so I lived um, and it's still there. Uh, I live like a couple blocks where I grew up uh, away from a drive-in movie theater. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the last remaining ones in the country. And it's got like eight or nine screens. Anyways, the way that they used to do um, – you used to get the little box thing and you used to put it on the window, but then eventually it moved to you'd be able to tune it in on your FM radio. Right, right. Um, I spent uh, most, almost all of junior high and all of high school and even into my uh, early 20s, basically every night listening to movies as I went to bed, oh. um, picking, picking up the FM radio. Oh, that's um, so cool. From the drive in drive-in movie theater. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. I live in Claremont, Montclair area right here in Southern California, and we live about three blocks from a drive-in still that gets used heavily during the weekends. And uh, I wonder if they still do that. They might. You might even be able to do, pick it up on like a digital uh, FM receiver yeah, or something of be, someone who's that broadcasting it. That would be rad. Eric, do you remember doing that? Did you ever do that with your cassette tapes? Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. I remember I used to record episodes of the A-Team. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Da, 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 da. Dude, I the used to record... Sucks. Um, do you remember when, like, pay-per-view would play, like, the first five or ten minutes of a movie? Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. would go black, so that it would try... So then you'd have to call and order it and, and get the full movie. I used to record the first 10 minutes of movies. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be and like, I, I got this movie. <laughs> no, I just would, I just was, dude, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just love the movies and just, I didn't care. 
I just would watch the opening 10 minutes of a movie. So, like, for me, it's funny. We recently watched, uh, my wife and I watched at Halloween time, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Whoa. And in the opening of that, and I vividly remember the first, like, 10 minutes of that movie, and it always shut off right at the part where, like, the woman's getting, like, a breast exam or something. Oh, that's and right. I just, for whatever reason, as a little kid, it just, like, I just probably because of boobies or something but it's just it's just like ingrained in my head so when she put it on the other day it was like instantly i felt like i was like eight years old or something it was super weird (laughs) oh i bet it was um yeah so apparently collider ranked and this is Haley fooch from collider she ranked every spider-man movie from worst to best and ooh, i already have some questions about this list me too as as usual and everybody always has, you know, lists that they make and people have questions. But apparently, what is it? Amazing Spider-Man 2 was the worst Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man. Then Spider-Man. 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 Then... Hey, Spider-Man. <laughs> and then Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man 2. I have a question with the Spider-Man 2 one. Isn't this considered Spider-Man 2 one of the best comic book movies ever? Absolutely. Right? Isn't that consistent? Yes. I don't get it. I don't get it. And yeah, then, you don't get it either? Like, it, I don't get two it. The I don't get it. Homecoming, Homecoming blows all of those away. I don't get it. Don't get it. And then I agree with Into it. the Spider-Verse, and then the very first Spider-Man movie would be the best one. I, I, yeah, I don't get Spider-Man 2's the, 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 the lower love, rate. reverence what? that everybody has towards it. I, I think it's a great movie, but Spider-Man 2 is the one with Sandman, right? No, that's with that's no, Spider-Man that's three. Three. That one's awful. Oh, that's three. Which this one's, one's two? Octopus? Doctor Octopus. Doc, Doc, yeah, that was a good one. That was Alfred a really Molina. good one. And, I don't put it... Yeah, I still love Mary Hulk Jane's like doing a play or something, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. She's on Broadway She's on, finally. Like, allegedly on Broadway or something. Yeah. He doesn't show up and all that shit. Yeah. Oh, are you guys kidding? It's a, no, I'm not... Don't get me wrong. I love Spider-Man 2. I think it's great, but Spider-Man Homecoming has a place in my heart. Don't know. I wouldn't go that No, no. It's in the top five for sure absolutely I, I don't know about the greatest superhero but but spider-man loses his powers he's he has to make a decision on whether or not he actually wants to be spider-man and he chooses that's to the be one Spider-Man. is oh, that the one with the really great. cheesy shot of is that the really cheesy is that the one with the really cheesy shot of james franco where he pulls out like the weird like Raphael sigh and like debates on stabbing him or something or is that the third one that's the third one, I believe. That's the third awful. one. Yeah. Third one's the jazz one. Everything, yeah, 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 everything yeah, yeah, bad yeah. you're saying is in the third one. Everything yeah. bad in Spider-Man, the Sam Spider-Man the two is, is legit. Where they're they're fighting on the side of a building. Oh, with and with, the drone shot comes. It's the one of the best shots ever. They're just battling it out. Like New York's going on, and him and Doctor Octopus are just and oh yeah, and May is just hanging in yeah. the balance, literally off a fucking building. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's. Mary Jane. No, 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 but no, the, the one you're talking about is... With, <laughs> oh, that's right. She, oh, yeah, because that's <laughs> the one where he attacks the bank. Yeah, oh, yeah he yeah. Attacks, attacks the bank, and right. she's there trying to get a loan, and he snatches her out of there. That's yeah. just bad timing for him, man. Chucking Fuck. money everywhere. Yeah. Oh, man, it oh, was such a good such a good movie. Really good. Listen to you guys. I love it. Listen to the love and, like, excitement coming out of yes. your guys' voices. I didn't even, even like spider Actually, I had Spider-Man 2 on loop when I lived in San Diego. I, I bought that and I must have watched every extra. I Burn think I had to go it every day for yeah, no, quite some time. Just to know how good this movie is, I don't even fucking care about Spider Man. Yeah, you know what? Boo hates Spider Man. And I love that movie. That is such a good movie. I don't give a fuck about Spider Man. And I love that movie. 
But I, I agree with you. Homecoming, homecoming is a pretty good one too. Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But homecoming is also pretty good. I, and I don't have an issue with the Garfield movies either. I'll be honest. No, me neither. I, I think, I well, think uh, the Jamie Fox one sucks. I know. Yeah. So at least Amazing Spider-Man is better than oh, Spider-Man I thought Three. We were talking about Garfield, Garfield. Like I thought so too. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I was talking about yeah. spaghetti too. I mean lasagna. I was for like, a second that's, too. Cool. that's cool. I wasn't uh, lasagna. No. All right, Les, just just show yourself out. No. Yeah. <laughs> I I I liked Garfield's sort of like hip skateboarder kind of you know kind of cool Peter Parker. I didn't mind it. Um, I just thought that God, that second one is so like it is so bad. Poor Mark Webb. Poor Mark Webb coming off of, coming off of Five Hundred Days of Summer and like Ooh. going right into that, and then now it's sort of in like movie jail. It's like you poor dude because I know you didn't even really get to direct those movies. There was like <laughs> they weren't gonna let you to do that, and and oh that that Jamie Fox, what are you doing? Oh. Spider Man, Spider Man. Yeah, Jamie Fox is just Spider-Man? gone to shit, man. What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? You know what? Which one was the one with the Nickelback goddamn song? Maybe that's why I don't All like of it. them. Spider Man <laughs> One. It was Spider-Man 2. That's why I have the taste Spider-Man in my mouth. 2, I, I have think. Chad Kroger's, whatever his fucking name is. Oh. I have his godforsaken hero song in the back of my head every time I think about Spider-Man 2. What was it? How does it go? A hero will oh, save us. Canadians, bro. Canadians, man. Canadians. Canadians, man. <laughs> Did you hear about... Hey, I got a question yeah, for go you ahead. guys. Go ahead. Oh uh, no no no! We'll save it. I'll save it for later after the Spider Man thing. Okay. Never well, mind. I was just saying, you know, I'll in Canada, to... there's a there's a certain precinct where I say precinct. Do they still say that? Uh, Province? No, no. A precinct with like you meant. Yeah, like there, where if you get a DUI, they blast Nickelback songs for 24 hours. Oh, in the drunk tank. The drunk tank. If you get arrested, <laughs> they put you in a drunk tank. <laughs> they blast Nickelback. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, cruel. Ah, what poor what. Poor or precinct precinct is doing uh, Creed songs. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. That's right. Saskatoon. I haven't said precinct since uh, uh, what is that show? Hills. Uh, oh, I was in the eighties. It was a cop, Steve Bochco show. Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues, baby. Hill Street, uh, Hill Blues. Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. For a second there, I thought you were going to say Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. That movie wasn't bad. Too. All right, so I think that is the Spidey stuff, right? Go see it. Boo, since you don't like Spider-Man, did we convince you to go see this? All right, I was going to see it one way or another. All right, just say yeah. yes, though. Yeah, but, I'm, okay, I'm, yeah, but yeah, you guys have, have was it made me feel better about seeing it, absolutely. He's going to see it the Netflix way, though, in his pajamas. Oh, God, don't no, tease don't me do like that. that. I would that. love to. <laughs> at, least, at, least, at least have a 4K television to watch it. Yeah. Please. Okay. Like, okay. So rad. <laughs> Steve, what were you going to say? What was the question you were going to ask us after the Spider-Man stuff? Well, it wasn't going to be about Spider-Man or comics or anything. I wanted to ask you guys, like, how did you guys start the Sith list? How did this whole thing come about? How do you guys know each other? Okay. Um, I'll do a cliff. And I, don't, I don't know. And forgive, me, and forgive me if you've done this a million times already for your, your listeners. Um, Not really, actually. I, I think we only And I apologize. It. I listened. I listened to your guys' last podcast, but I don't really listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts because uh, I don't want to, like, Maybe take something unbeknownst to me subconsciously right, 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 onto right. the other show. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just curious how you guys all met, what your guys' backstory is, and and how this all came about. Right. So I was working with John Favreau back in the day, mm. and oh no, that's right. <laughs> just kidding. So well, hold how, on a second, I got to pick that name up off the floor. Hold on. <laughs> uh, John, uh, I was working with Johnny Johnny it. Favs 
as they as as we okay. call him as we call him. No, but uh, Boo and I, Carlos and I are. Um, uh, he's my brother in law. We decided. Um, I think it was the day of my wedding shower, um, which was mm-hmm. uh, happening at my house. I said, "Hey, Boo, since we go out and party and hang out, um, pre- and by the way, Les, I've known for twenty years." I said, since we all go out every weekend and we hang out and we talk about just fandom, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Game of Thrones, I'm going to bring my laptop on Sunday and I'm going to, let's just record an episode pretty much of what we talk about. And this was uh, the weekend or the, the, the weekend after Suicide Squad had just come out. The weekend after Suicide Squad came out. And so we did a whole, like, I don't know, 45 minute episode, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. me and him talking about Suicide Squad and Star Wars and all that stuff. Boo actually was the one that named it, the Sith List, if I'm correct. I think you came up with that, Boo. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to... Because we, we wanted to have a the idea that this would be a, a list of items going on, but we also wanted to make it sort of a an adult show where people knew what they were listening to. So instead of shit list, it's the Sith List. Right. Yeah. And we and we both love Star Wars, and Star yep. Wars is like for my my favorite fandom. Mm-hmm. So we said, let's just name it the Sith List. And then Les is a huge comic book guy, huge. And so he came on like thirty four, thirty five episodes in, mm-hmm. kind of you know pretty much gave us that whole like comic book and all other fandoms kind of uh, feel. And then Eric came on once we got onto the Making Star Wars podcast network. Jason's like, hey, listen, um, you're going to be the only podcast that is not strictly. Star Wars on our on our network. Uh, how about you think about bringing Eric on? And I said, oh, I would love to bring we Eric said Struthers absolutely on. Not. Oh. And I said, ah, yeah, no, no I my said, bad. Absolutely, I would love Eric. Hard to pass. Yeah. Hard <laughs> pass. Yeah. Uh, so who? Yeah. First, I said, who's Eric Struthers? Just kidding. I met Eric Eric at um, at a celebration. Celebration. So we became friends there. So uh, I jumped on the idea of having Eric come on and kind of be our guy that kind of keeps the star wars stuff going and we always start our our episodes with like 25 30 minutes of star wars news first and then we get into other fandom and since we got eric um it's completely kind gone of gone downhill oh gone to shit yes it's gone no shit. it's elevated i actually, know I, it's I, actually I, elevated us and uh it's he left exactly his chopper behind though. when boo they and did. i sat down to think about this thing this is exactly how we wanted it. Mm-hmm. What we ha- what we got going on right now is exactly what we were thinking about back then. And um, with the, like I said before, with the help of all the other guys that have kind of potted us forward, absolutely. Um, now we have amazing podcasters and YouTube personalities like Mister Ellis here mm-hmm. um, that's awesome. on our podcast. That's so awesome. yeah, that's so that's that's how it all started for us. That's great. Yeah, and I think we've only s- talked about that once, and that was our hundredth episode. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I, you know, I love hearing how, you know, everybody kind of comes together and, and does this thing. Cause like I said earlier, I know you, you know, whether or not you do it once a week or however, it's, it's still work. It is still work, man. You know? Editing's work and ask Eric, I call him and text him and ask him questions and I, I bug him routinely. It's, it's great though, man. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's awesome. Send me your Millennium Falcon then. Yeah, that that is not going to happen. So I do another podcast, The Bad Motivators, which I produce, and I do all the editing for it. And so the being on this show and just having to talk is really like a walk in the park. <laughs> right. right. Now looks like let's talk talk Joker because I know you guys love this. Yep. <laughs> looks like the Joker has wrapped shooting. 
And Todd Phillips, the director, put out a tweet that showed him against the wall that said something that was very Arkhamish. Let me ask you, Les. It said, it was, a, it was like a brick wall, but it was like white tile, kind of like bricky white. It said, no unsupervised patients allowed. Yeah, and he put that there for a reason. So the Joker film that's being produced by Scorsese, that has Robert De Niro in it, has... has Scorsese's uh, not actually a producer on it anymore. Are you serious? He left? Yeah. Yeah, he left I didn't before it went into production. In fact, he got replaced by Bradley and that's how they secured the funding and whatnot. But he got replaced by who? Bradley Cooper is the actual wow. producer of it now, as opposed to Bradley Scorsese. Cooper. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. too sad. In the, in the final press release before they actually started filming, uh, Scorsese was not on that anymore. Um, well, that, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I don't mean. That's sort of like, you want to know what I'm into? I'm into like nonsense like that. It drives Alex bananas no that's good because <laughs> i've been talking about scorsese being a part of this for the last fucking three months yeah, yeah. funny i still think it i dude i'm still pumped for it i'm Me still too. stoked the nearly pumped for it there too. everybody's like, shitting on this thing but i, I think this is this is this is what i about when i say this is i don't know man this is what i'm saying when i say take a risk take big swings mm-hmm. like who cares don't do what marvel's doing go do something else i 100 percent agree I think this is going to be really yeah, good. No. I really do. I think this is going to be good. Read what you want into this, but it looks like this uh, Joker film might be maybe ending at Arkham. Which, which would be awesome and which makes would sense. be awesome. I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast, and Mark Maron is uh, someone in this, uh, sure is. in this Joker movie. And he was interviewing Jeff Daniels, and they were talking about acting technique and certain things. And he was talking about how he just spent a day on the set of the Joker movie following De Niro around all day. It sounds like he's playing uh, De Niro's lackey um, oh. and how, yeah, he tells this story about how, um, you know, he's doing these scenes and De Niro, they, they cut and De Niro walks over to Todd Phillips, whispers something to him. A couple minutes later, Todd comes up and he's like, um, maybe, uh, maybe tone it down a little bit. Maybe, maybe just bring it down a notch. And that was basically <laughs> this funny story of where De Niro, De Niro being a polite actor instead of saying something and being a dick or coming off bad, you know, went over to Todd and, and, and Todd came over and basically was like, Hey bud, maybe a little, maybe tone it down a little bit. <laughs> so I said that was a really funny little, that is funny rad. little story from Mark Marin and, and Hey, breaking news. Nobody's written articles and, and whatnot all week about how Mark Marin broke news about how he's, you know, playing De Niro's lackey. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really so. cool. The cast is amazing by the way. Yeah. You ready for the flash round, my man? Let's do it, my man. I'll, 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 I'm just going to do This is really good. This is, this is how I should come on podcasts where I just say one word. <laughs> Not even, man. I, mean, I, love, I love how you go off on things. and I love how passionate you are about the things you're speaking about. So this is fantastic. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, of course. Thanks, man. All right. Let's do the flash round. It's time for the flash round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Han, Luke, Lando, or Cassian? Han. What's your favorite world to visit on Star Tours? Man, see, I always end up getting stuck on Jakku and I'm trying to think. Um, Don't get me started about Kashyyyk, buddy. Do not get me started. I know. Well, and, and Kashyyyk, too. Like, I keep getting the same nonsense. And, yeah, like, me too. If I have to Fuck watch Kashyyyk. them, like, if I have to watch them like do the dumb windshield wiper thing on Jakku and oh, the guys are stealing the hubcaps and right. like, if I have to do that one more time, 
Um, oh God. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I think I like being in line for Star Tours more than I like Star Tours. <laughs> um, uh, Jesus. Uh, God, what, what are my options again? Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah. And what's the new one that's, they're always playing, uh, um, uh, the crate crate. Like I'm always getting Jakku and then into crate. I don't even know what the other ones are anymore because it feels like that's all I ever get. Right, right. I want Hoth. I want Hoth and I never get Hoth. I want Hoth. I, w- I want Hoth. I don't ever get Hoth. Right. But I want Hoth. But if there, if that was an option for me, I would say Hoth. Okay. Good choice. Favorite favorite musical artist or band? Oh, Beck. Nice choice, man. I love Beck. Beck is a fucking genius. Yeah, man. Into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Man Homecoming? Into the Spider-Verse. It says a lot because you really like Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, that's my favorite Spider-Man. Um, yeah. But okay. again, uh, I'm not going to go on too long of a tangent. I, I I find superhero movies lately, like Marvel films, I think they're like really good at first. And then it's just like I fall asleep and they're boring. And every time I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna buy this. I buy them on iTunes and I start playing them within 15 minutes. It's like. You, I, I better not have my phone on me because if I have my phone on me, I lose interest and I'm just like, I'm, I'm on them. Like it's a good one and done in a movie theater for me. But uh, well, anyways, that's another oh, side tangent. That's great. Superman or Batman? Batman. Solo or Rogue One? Quickly. <laughs> Rush. Yeah. Killing babies. Killing <laughs> babies. Rogue One's a better movie. Favorite toy? Um, my superpowers. 1980s um, Superman action figure with the red cape that has like the weird little like half moon thing that clips around the neck. Favorite non-Star Wars movie? Scream. Scream. Nice. Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd? Zeppelin. Nice. Stones or the Beatles? Beatles. Big Ear Tupac. Ooh. It's always, Ooh. It's always, it's mm-hmm. always uh, you know, kind of like stumps people here. It's funny because I was West Coast ride or die in like my younger years. And as an adult, I really like, I got respect for the East Coast flow. Mm-hmm. Um, you were repping DOC I, back I, in the I, day? I was, but I'm much more of like a De La Soul and, and Tribe mm, Called Quest, man. Yeah, backpack uh, rap. I um, love it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I gotta go with, with Pac. Wow, well, yeah, you have to go with Pac, especially you're coming from NoCal. I'm 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 from California. I gotta go now. Let's bring some Too Short. Let's bring some Andre Nicotina. Let's you know. Anyways, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Definitely impressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite yeah. Avenger? Oh man, I'm gonna go with Tony Stark because because that first that first Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. That that again. Let's do let's do what DC's not doing. Let's 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 take a big swing and let's let's do something else and create our own path here and and I think that a lot of that had to also do with Johnny Favs but also with uh, Rob Downey Jr. and his portrayal of Iron Man. Yep, I agree. He's my favorite as well. Favorite punk band? Um, I'm not gonna man. I'm not gonna count pop punk on this no, one. No, do not count Blink. Um, I won't count Blink. I will do um, I will do Operation Ivy. Wow, Operation Ivy. Which is a preset of Rancid, correct? True, very true. Yeah, I yeah, really good, really good uh, documentary that came out this last year. I think it's called "Turn It Off" or uh, "The Story of East Bay uh, Punk." It's a really good documentary that you guys should all definitely check out if you're into punk rock and yeah. 
um, as was, well as you know, I know I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people give Green Day a lot of shit, but if you ever get a chance to go see them live, there's there's a reason they're one of right. the biggest bands in the world. Kurt Plunk is a great album and very underrated. I'm oh, a, oh yes, I'm a I'm a huge old school Bad Religion fan, and uh, I've seen them. Oh, absolutely, hundreds of times, and I love them, and they're great. And just want to get that out there. No, nope. Bad Religion, Pennywise, all of that. Mm-hmm. I spent many many years seeing them play in some small clubs with bad brains and things like that up in the bay and of course the early years of of, right yeah of course early years of uh, yeah yeah the early years of um of the warp tour and things like that yeah right 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 wow this is great i love talking this kind of shit okay great you did fantastic by the way steve thanks man oh the documentary is called turn it around the story of east bay punk turn it around okay great steve Please uh, let people know where they can find you and where they can see your beautiful face on Black Series Rebels and all that great stuff. So you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rex Manning. I know you're probably going, but wait, your name's Steve. This is so confusing. Well, I got on Twitter like way back in the day and just that was Rex Manning's always been a dumb handle I always use because I do love me some Empire Records. Uh, So yeah, that's (laughs) Rex Manning. That's R-E-X-M-A-N-N-I-N-G. And you can also find out everything you want to know or check out Black Series Rebels at Bluck. That's B-L-K Series Rebels. That's on Twitter and Instagram. We're always doing crazy giveaways and and stuff. So definitely go check us out and maybe win a toy or something. Yes. Buy those pins quickly because they sell out like a champ. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like I said, like thanks to everybody who, who buys the pins and the merch and the silly shirts and stuff. Like... If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. Every penny goes into doing the show. And it also, you know, we were able, because of that pin money, we were able to do a nice little buy a bunch of toys for the Kessel Run. Oh, yes. Um, and and get those delivered off to, to our buddies at the Kessel Run Toy Drive and, and get some kids some, some toys. So thanks to all the fans for giving us some pin money so we could give some toys to some kids. That's right. And thank you for bringing that up, by the way. By the time you hear this, the Kessel Toy Run will be over. I just want to say thank you so much for being involved. All the listeners, Brandon Manriquez is a saint. Mm-hmm. He has done wonders with this Castle Toy Run. So thank you so much. Thank you for buying Eric's music and the money's going from there. Thank you for buying the Blue Harvest holiday special, which we were on. This has been the biggest castle toy run we've had and we're gonna keep getting bigger and next year's gonna be amazing. I know Boo, you sent over a bunch of stuff. I did. Yes. So it's so cool. So thank you very much. And by the way, happy holidays to everybody. Absolutely. By the time you're listening to yeah. this, it's going to be Christmas Eve, I believe. Uh, so Merry Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, and everybody. Thank you, by the way, Steve, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for staying up late, being in the Sith Lair with us. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really, really appreciate it. It's nice to, to get out. And I got to tell you, I really dig the uh, not just Star Wars format. So it's, it's a nice, uh, refreshing change to to get to talk about some other stuff as well. So thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It was a blast. Anytime you want to come on, you don't need an invite. You're definitely welcome. Mr. Struthers, where can people listen to your beautiful voice and stare at your beautiful hair? And I know you have a a tweet that has your beautiful hair in it, and it looks very shiny and golden. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, Yeah, thanks. I grew it myself. Uh, You can check me out on my other Star Wars podcast, The Bad Motivators. We've had dropped new episodes every every Wednesday. It's a pretty cool show, man. Three dads talking, you know, Star Wars from a unique slant of of trying to raise kids to <laughs> yeah, hopefully love Star Wars as much as we do. 
I did want to say with the Kessel Toy Run, the people who who did buy the, some of my stuff on Bandcamp, we were able to r- really end up getting a lot of good gear to send to the Toy Run. So I appreciate everybody who did that, man. And uh, I basically just doubled whatever I took, whatever I got from that and just matched it and oh, bought a ton nice. of stuff. So, that's so nice. yeah, it was, it was super sweet. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers. You can look at my shiny hair and see a video of me crying on stage in front of a bunch of people while I'm wearing a motorcycle cop boots and a <laughs> tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is champion. I love it. So yeah, definitely check out the Bad Motivators. Check out Eric. Check out his hair. And the curtains do match the drapes. <laughs> let me just tell you. <laughs> Mr. Gonzalez, as they say, where can people find you on Twitter? At less is more 78. Mr. Boo. <laughs> at the Sithless Boo. And you can catch me at the Sithless. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. I hope you have a fantastic holiday, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Life Day, whatever it is that you want to celebrate. I hope it's safe. I hope you guys have a great time with your families. Eat a lot of food. We will catch you on episode 125 of The Sith List. Oh.